Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Listen, we gave you a little teaser on Instagram. We told you we had big news coming. Big, big news. Big, big news. Listen, what is your favorite movie uh, snack? Popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> Listen, if y'all don't know us, which I'm sure you probably do by now, we love popcorn. Don't I, I, Did we not eat popcorn last night? We ate it last night. We had it at our wedding. Yes, we did. Gourmet. Mm, smacks. <laughs> gourmet. <laughs> gourmet. Um, yeah, we had a conversation before about what gourmet means. But anyway... This is big. We are so excited to announce that we have a partnership with Mama Moore's Popcorn. And here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. Flood her website. Yes. Go to it in store. It's located in Grand Prairie, Texas. Okay. This is a local business. We love local businesses, as you should as well. Support local businesses. Yes. Shop small. Exactly. And she has agreed to give our listeners, yes, you... A 15% discount off of your total purchase. Okay. So the website is more, that's M-O-O-R-E, moregourmetpopcorn.com. Okay. Go there or it's located in Grand Prairie. Look it up, Mama Moore's Popcorn. And put something in your cart. Get some gourmet flavors and things of that nature. Listen, there's so much popcorn going on. They have so many flavors. They have like 27 different flavors and you can mix and match. Okay. Go ahead and get you a little bundle. You know, yes, get you a little, yes, yes. there's a lot of little bundles. Get you a little bundle. My favorite is. Which, yeah, what you got? My favorite is the caramel popcorn. Mm. Caramel. Caramel. Mixed with the cheddar. Mm. Well, you can get that. I, I know. There's a, there, there is a bundle. We had it at our wedding. Exactly. You can get that. <laughs> you can create your own, choose your own two flavors. You can choose more if you want to get a four pack bundle or whatever. But they have 10, I think 10 savory flavors, 17 sweet, and 12 premiums, right? The premium flavors include chocolate and nuts. Uh, So if you have a nut allergy, you probably don't want (laughs) to get the premium flavors. But listen, they're preservative-free. They're gluten-free. They're non-GMO kernels, uh, 0% trans fat, popped in 100% coconut oil, okay, and made for you when you need to make them, when they need to make them, so they're fresh, so they can ship them to you. But this... Offer is for in-store and online. This is all you got to do. This is just, it's genius. You put something in your cart and when you get to the last part, there's going to be a little section there that says add code or coupon and you type in press next, all one word, press next. That's it. Easy as that. Press it, type it in, press next, boom, 15% off your order. It's amazing. Flood this website, okay? Moregourmetpopcorn.com. M-O-O-R-E. Shout out Mama Moore. If you see her in the shop, her name is Deborah. Give her a high five and buy some more popcorn. And as always, shop small. Shop small. We are so thankful. Uh, so shout out to you, Deborah, for letting us do that. And we're going to run that for a while so that you can continue to buy popcorn, especially in the holiday season. Yes. As the Ooh, weather outside. Be a great gift as well. Exactly. As the weather outside gets frightful, <laughs> that popcorn is so, so delightful. delightful. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Mama Moore's Popcorn. So y'all go buy some popcorn, okay? All right. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go over what we learned in episode five and six. Mm, I love this show. I know, it's so good. I'm like so invested now 
Yeah, you, you want to watch it all the way through. I know. Yes, like the first <laughs> couple of episodes, I was like, I know it'll get better, but right now I'm not really understanding where we're at. Mm-hmm. But as it just progresses, I think obviously as it progresses, they become my favorite. So five and six are my favorite episodes so far. So yeah. let's rehash. So I think uh, if I'm thinking through my brain, Mildred blackmails Dr. Hanover to be head nurse and she gets the head nurse yes, position. And yes. we all saw that coming. Uh-huh. Everybody from, from episode one, we knew that was going to happen. She was going to boss her way up in there. Yeah, of course. Um, we get a new character, right? We get, a, we get uh Charlotte Wells who plays a bunch of different characters actually, <laughs> uh, with a new disorder, the multiple personality disorder. And we get the introduction to hypnotherapy. Yes, which is interesting because in the first two episodes, you see a lobotomy. Right. And then in the third and fourth, you see hydrotherapy. Mm -hmm. And now we're introduced to hypnotherapy. Indeed, indeed. And hypnotherapy, is. we'll get into that when we circle back around. But also, um, Edmund. Edmund escapes. He gets out. Him and Dolly escape. Yes, yes. They run away. In in a field, in a moonlit field, because she said that was going to happen, and it happened. And it happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Go ahead and strip down. The puppet (laughs) show. Okay, yeah. The puppet show was amazing, but that Mm -hmm. happened, which was essentially insight into um, Mildred and Edmund's um, past. Childhood, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was good. Gwen, my baby Gwen, (laughs) she got shot. (laughs) She took one, like 50 cent. Oh, that's tough. Um, The hospital lost funding, right? Yes, we the saw damn the damn governor. The governor is such an ass. He is. I just he mm, he chaps my ass really bad. Um, what else happened towards the end? That was like towards the end of that episode. So they sign off on Edmund as being sane. Yes, right. So he can yes. stand fit for trial, and they can fry him mm-hmm. in an electric chair. Yeah, because chair. they did catch him. They did end up catching him after he ran away. Right, and then Dolly, goodbye, Dolly. Yeah, R.I.P. Is it really, though? Because I feel like she did some shit. Okay. <laughs> she did a lot. And it's kind of pissing me off. But <laughs> So what from the from all of that that we overviewed in the episode? Do you want to touch on anything before we get into our questions? Yes. Big themes? Yes, yes. So when we were watching it and we saw the introduction of Charlotte Wells and we mm-hmm. saw that she was going through these personalities, I was like, I mean, do you remember me being like, is she schizophrenic? I do remember. And I wrote down schizophrenic. And then when they said, when Dr. Hanover said, you're suffering from multiple personality disorder, you were like, I knew it. So can you kind of explain? And I did. I asked. I was like, what's the difference? But then I said, actually, save it for the podcast. Save it. So can you explain to me what the difference is between and I'm, I know that it's all medical terms and things like that. But can you explain the difference between schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder? Yes. And he even went into the fact that most people that suffer from those kind of illnesses are usually misdiagnosed. Yes. So first and foremost, you said you wrote down schizophrenia. What did I write down? I definitely wrote down multiple personality okay, disorder. Yeah. Uh, but so here's the difference. So... With all disorders, they're pretty much in groups, right? So you have certain disorders. It might be you get one disorder, but that disorder is assigned to a group of other disorders. Okay. So back in the day, 1947, yes, this was called multiple personality disorders. Mm -hmm. It is now called dissociative identity disorder. Really? Yes. So Mm -hmm. multiple personality disorder doesn't exist by that name. It just goes by DID, which is dissociative identity disorder. Um, but that's a part of a group of dissociative identity or disorders, 
right? Mm-hmm. So schizophrenia is a dissociative disorder. But the thing about schizophrenia is it's more so on the lines of like, I don't necessarily want to say your feelings, but let me just make sure I don't get this wrong so I can bust out symptoms, okay? So it's a mental illness that affects how you feel, how you think, how you behave, right? Mm -hmm. And you become out of touch with reality. Okay. There's a lot more symptoms that go with that, but you disassociate with reality, right? That's why it's a dissociative disorder. Okay. DID is characterized by at least having two separate personalities. Does that make sense? It's a it's a difference between me saying like I hallucinate something versus me being something. Okay. If I have DID and I'm acting as a character, I'm that person. So there's plenty of cases where people who had DID um they have like health issues, right? So let's put let's say one of their um one of the people who they exhibit has diabetes. Their body acts and shows that they have diabetes. Okay. Right? That's not schizophrenic. Schizophrenic, I might have hallucinations, right? I still recognize that I'm me. I'm Corey, but I'm hallucinating. The things that I'm seeing, they're not real. If I have DID, I'm not Corey anymore. I'm this next person. Okay. I can speak a different language. I can I can do different things. I might have... I, I read a study one time about somebody who, like Charlotte was in the show, she talks about... She's played violin and everything else. I bet you if she picked up the violin, she would have been amazing. Really? I bet you she would have been amazing. Because her brain is actually... Yes. So there's plenty of people who, who yes, are sick, right? And then they become another person. They're not sick anymore. Um, they go into another person and they have a certain skill set that they would have never had. They were just themselves. The brain is is amazing, which is yeah. exactly why I studied it. Okay, yeah, that so. is amazing, and I'm thank you for breaking that down because I think that my whole life I have thought that DID is schizophrenia. Right, and most people just like when you think you're schizophrenic, you're just like, oh, that person's crazy. So you just say it's schizophrenic. So schizophrenic has kind of become like a catchphrase for a lot of people who don't understand it. Yeah, and don't understand mental illness, so they just. Yeah. Right. Like so, a catch-all. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you must be, yeah, they tripping. They must be schizophrenic. They might not be dealing with that at all. There's plenty of dissociative disorders. Right. Okay, schizophrenia is one of them. DID is one of them. Okay. Um, but if you have not seen the movie Split, mm-hmm. I think Split is probably one of the greatest uh, cinematic showings of somebody who's suffering from DID. Okay. See, I thought he was schizophrenic. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, so cool. He definitely has the idea. Go watch Split. Shout out to M. Night. Um, it's a part of a trilogy, but that movie was incredible. Yeah, that movie was really good. Um, so, yeah. So, that's probably the, I guess, the, the easiest breakdown I can do for you when it comes to those two. Yeah, now, thank you. Now, hypnotherapy as a treatment for those. Hypnotherapy as a treatment is amongst the therapeutic world as far as like counselors and psychiatrists. People still think it's like, it's kind of a taboo subject, okay? Really? Yeah, people do it. Okay, I was going to ask, do yeah. people still... People still do yeah. it. Um, because, I mean, people do that. I mean, we saw in the movie Get Out right. that she used hypnotherapy, to subdue quote unquote, him. Right. to make him stop smoking. Mm-hmm. So, right. like, 
smaller things like that. Yes. So it's it's so essentially it's meant to be for trauma when you have really deep trauma okay. and you can't really access it, right? So the the thing your brain like Charlotte does had. Exactly. Okay. The thing your brain does is your brain is such a great um it's such it does a really great job at blocking you off from things that are very painful Protecting for you. Protecting you right, from because past trauma. Because yeah. our job is to survive. The brain's job is to keep you alive. Which is incredible. Right. So what it will do is if it determines something is too traumatic for you, it'll cut it off from you forever. And you might have symptoms of that, of you being cut off, but you won't remember that you're cut off. And that's why you have these dissociative disorders, because sometimes, which a lot of times are based in trauma, doesn't always mean it, but sometimes it is based in trauma. Most times it's based in trauma. So it'll start to create things to, to keep you safe from that. Hmm. Right. And that's where you get the dissociative disorders. Now, the hypnotherapy can help you get past that wall so you can deal with the trauma because the hypnotherapy is trying to go straight to your subconscious which is where the memories of the the trauma live, right? It's why you walk a certain way. It's why you do certain things when you see certain people that feel a certain way that your body tells you to do and you're not even thinking about doing it because you probably went through something before that didn't keep you safe. Your brain is telling you, I need to keep you safe. Do this. Okay. So that's what hypnotherapy is used for. Uh, some people, it has been said that some people believe that hypnotherapy might actually cause some of this. Really? Yeah, some people believe that. Some doctors believe that. I don't really know where I stand with that, but here's what I'll say. Because, I mean, the reason that your brain is doing all of this is to protect you from it. Well, if you're bringing those up in cases that where you're not showing like right. multiple personalities, if you are just suffering with depression right, and you have all of these traumatic memories that are locked in, but now you're unlocking them mm-hmm. and your brain you're forcing your brain to do something that it was created you're forcing it to undo what it was created to do right right so then it's the chicken or the egg does it make it worse right right, right. yeah no no, no. I, I understand that i get that so Good point. that's why people think it's like some people think it's a crock some people think it's a miracle method for i can almost say for every therapist i've ever met First off, you have to be certified to do anything like this, mm-hmm. okay? To do any type of therapy, you have to be certified in it, especially if it isn't covered by insurance. I haven't met anybody who has hypnotherapy covered by insurance. That's just me. If you are out there, please let me know, and please correct me. However, I've also not met any therapist that has told me that... This is their preferred method? This is a last resort for them. Really? Yes, they will do everything else before they jump into hypnotherapy. Hmm. Okay, so which is crazy to me because I'm like, this seems like the most, <laughs> this seems like the most normal way. Just have somebody stare at something and then they go into their brain, you know. Right. In a way, it's it's just really a f- a form of hyper focus, right? So right. if you know how to meditate in a way, I, meditation is like a, right. a level underneath right. therapy to me. Right. So do I believe that it's real and it can happen and it could help you out? Yes, I see that more so in a realm of like they. In, they help you to become more hyper-focused on something, so focused that you can um, dissociate from what's going on so that you can unlock what's in your subconscious. So shout out to hypnotherapy. And there's your psychology lesson for That is, I know. (laughs) We went deep dive on psychology. I think it's interesting, and I think that a lot of people will um, be where I am. Like, you thought schizophrenia was this 
thing your whole life, but really it's something else. Right. And then even so, I'm glad you were able to break that down for us. Right. We to talk about bipolar, I can go for another deep dive because <laughs> <laughs> that's what people think all the time. It's like, oh, they're bipolar. And I'm like, you have no idea what that means. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that was wild, but I'm glad they brought it in because it's something that was definitely used and it typically is used for people who uh, have dissociative disorders and um, it's something that's still used today. So I like that every like couple of episodes they bring in a new treatment and a new patient. So Yeah, I like that too. Pretty cool. But let's jump to our favorite part of the episode. Question, tell me what you think about me. Got my own diamonds and I got my own ring. Oh, <laughs> all right, questions. You know how it is. How are we starting off? Scale of one to 10. You already said these were your favorites, so I'm going to guess we're close to 10. Yeah, I'm going to say nine. I'm, I'm giving these a nine. Okay, nine. What? Do, I wonder, what in the world is a 10 for you? Actually, maybe nine and a half, 10. I don't know. I think the last episodes will be 10 because I'm going to be like, yes, I have it all figured out, which I probably still won't because by the way this show is going, they're going to leave us thinking, what the... Right. Some huge cliffhanger. <laughs> okay, so nine and a half. Okay, I, I'll, I'll take that. Nine and a half. All right. I am going to agree with you. This is about as close as 10 it could be. Okay, if for this show, this these two episodes were near perfect. Yeah, I Near agree. perfect. I agree. Uh, written well, shot well, camera movement well, blocked well, acted well. Like Literally, yeah, it was just... It didn't even feel like... Here's how I know it was good. The first four episodes felt all of the hour that it took to watch. Yeah. These two did not. I agree. These two, I was like, dang, it's already over. You know, but two hours have passed, but... I could agree with that. All right. So I'm going with that one. So question number two is, as you know, what is your favorite scene and why? All right. So diving right in, my favorite scene um, was the puppet scene. Mm. And although it wasn't... It was painful to watch. It was hard to watch because it was very sad lifestyle that they lived. And it's sad that 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 actually happens. Yeah. And, you know, you go from foster home to foster home and um, it's not the best environment for these kids. We hear it all the time. The kids in the foster system are forgotten. Right. Right. Or whatever the case may be. So it was hard to watch, but that was my favorite scene because you got to see that you were seeing trauma from Ratchet, right? Right. Because obviously the puppet show that everybody else was watching was not the same puppet Completely show different. that Ratchet was watching. So she was going through her own trauma and the puppet stage just brought back everything mm-hmm. for her. Right. Right. And so I really enjoyed getting to see why Ratchet is the way she is why she's so protective of Edmund and yeah. why she's trying to save him. Yeah. I'll, you know what? That's I didn't even think about that aspect as far as the protective part. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, that scene was powerful. You know what? I'm going to... I'm gonna, What do they say in all of our meetings all the time? To piggyback off of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that phrase, okay? Um, but to go off of what you said, or, ooh, the other one is echo, right? They say that all the time. Like, I'm going to echo what you said. <laughs> The freaking puppet scene cinematically was amazing. And here's why, okay? You're trying to tell Nurse Ratchet and Edmund's childhood story. Mm-hmm. And you could have done that in any way. Mm-hmm. The most 
the most like obvious way is to just kind of upfront and tell it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're sitting down in the dinner, and, and she saw like here's an easy opportunity for her. She sees in the hospital room, Gwendolyn is looking at the puppet thing, and she tells the nurse, "Get that crap off the TV." You know, right. she something put something on age appropriate, right. and Gwen's like, "No, nah, I kind of like this or whatever." Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh, that the basement I lived in had a puppet thing." That was an opportunity. For them to just, she could have gave like a synopsis. Right. You know, like she could have just gave a little bit there because she just really wanted to open up to Gwendolyn. Well, I think that also shows that Nurse Ratchet is not the type to just open up. That's true because Gwen had to beat it out of her. Yeah. But I think that was the most obvious opportunity, right? You could have done it in any other way. Right. right, For them. Great writing. To Yes. That's what I'm getting at. That's why it was my favorite scene. It was genius for them to be like, you know what? How can I show what happened in their childhood and give you a visceral response, right? I want you to feel what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that with a puppet show. Mm-hmm. You had to hire puppeteers, bro. You know what I'm saying? You had, somebody had to make the puppets. Hire puppeteers to True. do the show that you were trying to relate. True. That is amazing. So you had people in the audience acting as if they're watching a show. And then you had puppeteers actually putting on what you're trying to explain. The only thing I had for that was maybe it was a little too long. But other than that, astonishing. I would have never thought, how can I do this differently? And as a writer, when you're writing stuff, that's like the one thing you think about. Okay, I have a premise. How do I relay this information in this premise in a different way than anybody has ever done? Right. In that you can get it. And I think with the puppets... We take a side, we can view it as humans, which made it visceral for us. Because obviously they're not going to hire two kid actors to do what the puppets were supposed to be doing. Right. Right. But they can do, they can do it with the puppets and we can understand and we feel that. I thought it was phenomenal. I was like, this is how you write. This is how you shoot. This is why Ryan Murphy is a, is a goat. Okay. This right. is why his shows are genius. But we also learned during this time that... The priest was not Edmund's first time killing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That boy is a season killer. But, yeah. I mean, he had... How do you feel about that? I feel like he... Hey, man. I, <laughs> I know. You don't want to... I ain't going to never kill wanna, nobody. But I see don't. where he coming from. You know what I'm saying? I see where he coming from. Yeah. And we learn so much about Edmund in these, in these two episodes, yeah. right? Um, you know, and how he feels about, like, people have to die with a purpose. But also, yes... Yes, but something else that just came to my mind was when he told Dolly, I'm probably, what do you say, talking about killing the chicken, and he was like, I'm probably the least scary person you know. Right. That so was it shows big. that he is timid. Right. He's still that scared little boy. Exactly. I think, so. Exactly. And he doesn't want to do things that he, like, everything has to have a purpose to him. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that actually about Edmund. I think that it's weird sometimes to have, like, uh, some sort of emotional connection to a killer mm-hmm. but I feel that and I feel like we all do I feel like there's times where we've thought like we wanted to injure somebody we didn't do it right for whatever reasons Edmund's just the one that did it and I think that he did it for he, he's the person that shows like people can't just get away with the things they do they have to be punished right so wow but that the puppet scene was just it was phenomenal I think it was just phenomenal storytelling was phenomenal directing everything about that scene was phenomenal all right and moving into the worst scene so i actually 
didn't have a worse scene. Mm, 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 mm. I thought that everything was great. I didn't think that there was one scene where I was just like, oh, I hated that. That You know, that's like, that's what you hate to hear when you get to like a um, some sort of thing where you're like working at a job or doing something for a class and you're looking for feedback and you're like, <laughs> you're that you're that person, huh? Actually, I, I thought everything was great. Uh, yeah, I think, no, nah, I need some... I know. What was bad? But I don't want to get on here and give an answer just to give it. That's there was true. nothing that I thought was bad. So, Facts. What about you? All right. Here's what I thought was bad. Um, When Dr. Hanover <laughs> came into Mildred's room after he saw Osgood, so he knows that Osgood is, uh, is in town looking okay. to uh, chop his head off. Right. And he goes into the room and he just started crying. You know what I'm saying? Like a little punk. But I think that that shows that he's scared. Yeah, but bro, you literally nah, bro. Like that scene, <laughs> you uh, for me, writer of wise. Now I'm going from the puppet scene of writing mm-hmm. to that scene of writing, right? Okay. I think they took the obvious way. Okay. They could have did another way to show that he's scared because he already saw her, right? Mm-hmm. So whether he had went back to the hospital, you could have left it that he saw her, bro. He knows. Yeah. The point of that is that he knows. And I don't think that we gained anything from even Ratchet telling him, hey, go to the hospital. You'll be safe there. I don't think we gained anything out of that. So to me, I was like, I didn't need that scene. I think it was the worst scene. And and he'd been crying this whole time. Every scene, he cried. Like, what's going on with Hanover, bro? He just crying. He a dope fiend, like old, uh, like, like, like Mildred said. He just be yeah. shooting up and crying, man. That's, <laughs> that scene was my worst scene, but... Um, what you got on the scene that you have no clue why I was there? So my scene that I don't know why I was there was the scene where the hotel owner came over to Bucket's house mm. and they were drinking, which she admitted she was an alcoholic. So that's kind of where her weirdness comes from, I guess. Um, I just, I don't see why that scene was necessary. I think that they used it to humanize bucket like hey she's a person outside of the hospital she does have friends and she does talk to people outside so i think that that's what it was used for but i just didn't think that it was necessary i think it was that was exactly what it was used for because when she got rejected you needed to feel hurt for bucket that's true and i guess i did you know, exactly. If not, you know, you don't care for Bucket because Bucket just kind of seems to be like the HBIC. She's That's very true. callous. And I will say that she's no longer my least favorite. See, so. see, okay. see, it has purpose. Okay, it has purpose. Now, there's, I also think there's, there's purpose in the way that we know now that those two are connected. Mm-hmm. And I think that that may play a role in uh, the, the last two episodes. Um, cause I think, is this not the first time that we figured out that the hotel lady and Nurse Bucket are, connected yeah it is yeah so i think seven and eight means you know something else is gonna come and she kind of said i got something for ratchet i got something for mildred in, in that scene she was like don't even worry about it. i got That's something for her. so okay i think it may be That's a connector true. for the the upcoming episodes yeah but she i did feel say you because it wasn't as like um i think they could have did a better job you know i think a, a more riveting job but i think it was fine yeah. for the context of what was going on i think it was fine but that's okay. up to you, you know what I'm saying? I feel you. I know you had no... Now, you can tell me, you know, if you think that... Because my thing was this. She... The puppet scene, after the puppet scene... This is the scene I have no idea why they even put this in. They could have cut this out when they got into the editing room. Like, we don't need this. They just did the puppet scene to tell you all about Mildred's backstory. hmm Okay? To mm-hmm. tell us all about it. 
obviously Gwen doesn't know because Mildred gets up, says some stuff, scares all the people in the crowd. She leaves and Gwen's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Being the sweetheart that Gwen is. Get out of here. <laughs> and they go to eat. Okay. I'm not sure if they went back to the, uh, they go to the same the restaurant every place. time. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get aphrodisiac up. Uh, but then she goes on to then tell the story to Gwendolyn, but she tells it again to us. We don't need to know that. We just saw it. That is true. That is true. We just saw it. Okay. When she started talking, I was like, are we about to hear this whole thing over again? Right. It's redundancy. Yeah. I don't need to hear that. Now, okay. they could have set it up where she just like went to dinner and she just st- like stated it like, okay, let me open up to you. This is what I want to tell you. When I was a child and then it cut to like a different scene. And then we know that now she knows. Right. Right. We could have inf- inferred and put the two together. Yeah. But they, she went on to tell us the story again after we just saw the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I agree with that. If I'm the producer, I'm cutting it out. Because I actually had that thought, yeah. See? Well, kudos to you because I was in. I was thinking the same thing. Like, why are we listening to this again? Yeah. We just heard this. So I have no idea why that scene was there. Um, it's, if one of the writers or somebody, Ryan Murphy, if you just happen to stumble <laughs> upon this podcast. Yeah, he and, totally <laughs> listens to this. And you, and you hear this, please shoot your boy an email because I would love to know because maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just like, I would have never, when I watched the the final playback of it, I'd have been like, yo, tell the editors to cut this one out. Yeah. Because I don't think we need it. And for all you listening, this just goes to prove, when me and Corey are watching this, we are not talking about what's happening. We're not discussing, like, why did they do that? Yeah, we kind of keep it to ourselves. That way, everything that we bring to the podcast is very real and raw. They'll even try to talk to me about stuff, and I'm like, save it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my bad. You know, I like to talk. I got the... The gift of gab. Um, so, new episodes. Yes, new favorite characters. New favorite characters. That's crazy. I, that's another thing I like about the show, is that every set of episodes, we love somebody different. Yeah. And that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that to me has good writing. Yours who have you got? Been the same the whole time. Really? Oh, ooh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my favorite now is Ratchet. Really? What? I know. Somebody stop the press. Drop a clues bomb. What is going on? Your favorite is Mildred Ratchet? Yes, because now I know so much about her. And I get to see her backstory and what she went through. And I just feel like that makes me connected to her. Not that I've been through the same thing as her, but right. I feel like it makes me connected to her because I'm I'm an empathetic person. I am empathetic to a fault. So detail me more. This is why I could never be a police officer. At one point in my life, I wanted to be a police officer, but then I was like, you know what? I'm too empathetic. If somebody told me they didn't do something, I'd be like, you're right. You're having a hard day. (laughs) Let me let you go. (laughs) So yeah, couldn't be me. Okay. Um, But I just, I feel like I I connect to her now and I know her story and I, I feel for her. And I feel like everything that she does now is justified. Yeah? Yeah. She's still living foul, baby. I know. I know. She's still living foul, though. You know what I'm saying? But I get it because I feel the same way okay, about Edmund. Okay, you were over there backing right. up Edmund. I was going to say, I, I get it, though, because I still I feel the same way about Edmund. At least I can understand. Yeah. You know, like, I, you know, I ain't going to say it's cool what he did, but I understand why he did it. Yeah. I can understand the motive. Right. And I think you can understand the motive behind what is Mildred's doing now. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that, I don't know. I just really feel for people with childhood trauma. I just want to 
give them a big old hug. I know. Like, you know, sometimes a hug is all you need. I feel you. I, you know me, I'm still in love with Gwendolyn. Oh, my gosh. She don't love me back. because she's a redhead. It is not because she's a redhead. (laughs) I say that every episode. But it's still just because since the inception of the show, she ain't never been fake. Yeah. Ever. She's been been the most constant. Right. She's been the most... And even in in her fakeness, because there was a moment of fakeness that she had when she was like, I'm living a fake ass life, right? Mm -hmm. She was like, nah, I'm done. I got to be real. I got to be who I am. She has been the constant of this show. And she is the only person, follow me, she the only person that has ever uh, checked Mildred. This is true. In the hospital, she checked Mildred like, I ain't doing this, okay? We going back and forth, cat and mouse, I'm not doing this. So I'm sorry you wasted, I wasted your time. And I'll forgive you for wasting mine. Because I ain't doing this if this is what we're going to do. Okay, fair. So she real. She's the only one that really gets through to Mildred. And I'm a little bit afraid of what happened, is what's, what's going to happen. Because she just got fired. So You think she's going to change? Yes, I don't want her to change. But what it's seeming like is like when something happens to somebody on the show... Yeah. They be, they start to do stuff outside of themselves. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want that for Gwen. Yeah. Um, you brought up the fact that she got fired. I just want to... Oh, man. That governor. If I could kick him in the crotch, I would. When he said to her, you've always had a nice ass, but that mouth. I was like... You wanted to punch him? Oh, so bad. So bad. Well, is is he... Somebody you hate? Is he the character you hate? Eh. Eh. I do hate him. But I wonder if he's going to play any more roles. I mean, I actually... And this is kind of going into the predictions. I think that he will. Right. I do do hate him. I hate him more than anybody else on the show. But I don't even want to give him that time of day. Dr. Hanover is a person that I hate, actually. Yeah. And I Go just into think, it. I just think that it's because, one, he's a dope fiend, right. obviously. Two, I don't know if he's telling the truth. Never. I don't know if what he told us about Osgood's son is true. I don't know if he is certified to be doing all of these practices. I don't feel like he is. I don't. Because, because he cried when the hypnosis worked. Because he was so happy that something finally worked. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you... Throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping that it sticks. Ah, I feel you. That's why I don't mess with him. You know? I feel you. He's a doctor. He should be more well-researched into the things that he's doing and definitely more well-practiced and stop using his uh, stop using his patience as guinea pigs. Yeah, which is funny because the last couple of episodes I said he was my favorite. <laughs> and I've been, I have been I know. on since the beginning. I don't like Hanover. It's I just, know. He don't feel right. I know. I'm finally seeing it. It's the empathetic part of me. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, yeah, but now I'm right. seeing through him. Yeah. He don't feel right. Um, and I hope that we learn more about him in the next couple of episodes. Maybe he we'll turns see. it over. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, but Or maybe he dies. Or is that what you're hoping? That's not what I'm hoping, but I kind of feel that way. I mean, there's a... There's a millionaire coming after his head that so. is true she got money and she's trying to act like she don't have money you, you real quick and and talk. now 
now Ratchet is against him because he said that Edmund was fit to stand trial when she specifically said, don't do that. Because he's a pushover. He is a pushover. He's Everybody pushes him over. Goodness gracious. That's another reason I don't like him. Yeah. Bro, he's supposed to be the head honcho, bro. Yeah. And, and this is just a fatty in me. Why did he squish the eclair like that? He could have... <laughs> Come on, bro. What did the Get Eclair do? <laughs> Get out of You could have gave it to somebody. Else. You had to slam it. That's trash, yeah. bro. Listen to me. Don't do your food dirty in front of me because I'm going to be mad. Okay? Not even at the fact you that like. You could have given that to me. Thank you. I could have ate that thing, bro. Or somebody could have. Appreciate your food, bro. Dang. <laughs> this is from a fat boy to everybody else. Uh, for me, you know who I hate? And I'm glad she dead. Ding dong. Dolly dead. She get on my Chill nerves, out. dude. It's a TV Why? show. She get on my nerves because she's so childish, okay? And I'll, maybe in my um, in my growing years, I'm going to let everybody, all of the, the audience know, I turned 30 in seven days, six days now. Um, and maybe as I have five days, is it five days? Oh, my God. See, I'm losing my memory. November 2nd. Wish him happy 2nd. birthday. Thank you. Please wish me happy birthday. I would love that. And how old will you be? I'll be 30, you know what I'm saying? 30, 30, that mug. Um, but... I guess as I'm getting older, I don't like, I'm the person at the theater now that when the teens are talking and laughing on the phone, I'm telling them, shut up. You see me do it. I don't play no more with that. Like, she's so childish and she thinks that the world is just like, it just is what it is. Like she can do whatever she wants. Yes. Think about it. Let's put it like this. She thinks the world is a movie. Mm-hmm. The way she dressed, the way she act, she's very compulsive, right? Yeah. She does stuff just on a whim. Everything is so fantasy to her that it pisses me off. I just want to run away with you in a star in a moonlit field. You know, get out of here and let's live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And when the when the hound dogs come chasing us, we're gonna strip naked because they won't pick up our scent. Mm-hmm. And Edmund's smart enough to say, "Well, I didn't want to crush your spirit then, to let you know, but these dogs gonna find us, mm-hmm. okay?" Mm-hmm. Well, I saw it in the movie. Well, yeah, you saw it in the movie, but I've seen a lot of things in the movie, okay? I seen a robot stream its own consciousness okay and will smith had to kill it but that ain't happening <laughs> right point. now you know like you know what i'm saying right i guess that happened also in freaking avengers but anyway my point is the movies ain't real right but the way she lives her life is that everything's a fantasy everything's fun everything oh we just woke up let's have sex on the hay and let's kill a chicken and make yeah, breakfast like and the and law isn't after us yes yeah like he like bro we gotta get up out of here we slept mm-hmm. late mm-hmm. well what are we sleeping in for we have nothing but time I mean, what are you talking about bro we're fugitives you right. killed somebody i killed somebody right and you notice she didn't have any kind of remorse about killing no some- killing someone. no yeah shooting someone right and you know what pissed me off and here we go sorry that we're going here but i'm taking it here this is how tough it is especially at this time to be black in America because this phrase set me off. Gwen was moving slow, had no weapons towards her, mm-hmm. had her hands out and was like, it's all good, just put the weapon down. She shot Gwen. And you know what she said? I didn't have a choice. She was coming at me. Where have we heard that one before? Yeah. That set me off. Okay, I'm really? sorry. I, no, I didn't even notice. Going off we on a rail. Yeah. Because that's what I'm saying. It's the way that we perceive stuff mm-hmm. and the people are like, oh, they're justified and tangent. And was she in a scared state? Thank you. Yeah. You weren't scared. You knew what you were doing. You had a plan to kill the, the guard to run off with a mass murderer. Mm-hmm. And, and you're afraid of somebody who doesn't have the gun? 
you had the gun. You could have went up to Gwendolyn like, get the F out the way. We going. Mm-hmm. The car running. Yeah. But you shot her. You had no remorse. And the way you want to justify it is to say, well, you saw it. She was coming towards us. I didn't have a choice. Yes, you did. You always got a choice. Anyway, that set me off. Sorry I'm going down that yeah, route. I but that's you. another reason why I just hate Dolly. Because it shows... Dolly to me is nothing but a poster child for privilege. Privilege, yeah, I was gonna say privilege. And it pisses me off. Like even Edmund knew. Mm-hmm. Okay, we not gonna get away with this if we don't keep on the move. Right. We not gonna live the fancy life you want. I gotta sweep up this rat shit off the table <laughs> for us to eat old tomatoes in a can. Right. She out here pointing a gun at him, just waving around willy nilly. The shotgun she found. Yeah. And she's like, we can do this like Bonnie and Clyde. And Edmund old sweet self, she wanted to be Bonnie and Clyde. Another another reference, you know, of this like dream world that she's living in. She goes out, she kills a police officer, she gets shot up as if she was going to die in some glorious, (laughs) you know, blaze of glory. Yeah. You're going to get blasted. They had the Tommy with the hundred round drum. (laughs) Okay. Busting her up. And she killed the two officers that was just doing their damn job because you killed somebody. So I can't stand Dolly. She get on my nerves. She's a poster child for privilege. And I'm glad she did. Okay, there's an episode <laughs> of Bernie Mac and it's titled Goodbye, Dolly. And I feel like that might be the title of this oh episode. My God. Okay. <laughs> I can't stand her. She gone, man. She gone. Everything to her is just a riding high. So She is. So, do you have any predictions of what might happen in the last two episodes? It's crazy. We're almost to the end. Predictions. So, I mean, my only prediction is not even like or yeah. a real prediction. We'll jump to it. But my only prediction is really not like a... Uh, Nurse Ratchet going to become the head of the, the hospital. Yeah. That's my only prediction. Yeah. Is that somehow the hospital stays afloat. They get mm-hmm. the funding they need because she's going to somehow blackmail the governor. Or she's going to work with Gwendolyn now that her and Gwendolyn are close. Oh, man, Gwen, I don't want you to do this. Gwen is going to do something bad to where it's going to help Mildred become um, the head of the hospital. And it it will also involve the death of Dr. Hanover. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Um, I think that the hospital will stay open. Nurse Ratched will take over. What do you think? Do you think she's actually done with Edmund when she was like, don't talk to me, basically? Um... Yes, and I think the way... Do you think it... Go ahead. (laughs) I think the reason why I feel that she is really done with him at this point is, one, it doesn't matter. The papers have been signed. And two, we saw in her childhood she left him behind before. So I don't think it's against the... I don't think it's against the grain to say she'll do it again. Okay. Well, I kind of feel like since she did leave him before, she's not going to do it again because she still has that guilt of right. leaving him. I'm with you. But part of me also feels like maybe she will because, you know, she's very strong-willed and everything has to go her way. And he didn't go on her plan. He right. went on Dolly's plan. Right. So I kind of feel like maybe she will. But say, uh, but also, this is the second time. that this, this is the same scenario. Mildred had a plan to leave. They could have ran away. That's true. Edmund had his own. He did his own thing. Wow, yes. That's true. And she left. This time, Mildred had a plan. Yeah. And Edmund had his own. Wow, look at you. I just got so excited because that's very true. That's why I feel like she's going to do the same. She's going to leave Edmund out high and dry and Edmund might get to fry. (laughs) 
and uh, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Anyway, what about this episode? Uh, can you relate back to like real life or what situation happened where you feel like this is applicable to life right now? Yeah, so I think for me, it was just seeing that ever, everybody's backstory, right? Right. So Edmund has trauma. Um, Ratchet has trauma. Those mm. in charge also are dealing with their own stuff. Right. So Hanover, Dope Fiend, also involved in some shady stuff in the past, right? Right. Um, like I said, Ratchet obviously has that horrific past. Um, Gwendolyn was living a lie. Everybody has their own set of problems. And I feel like as we learn more about mental health, we can all kind of relate to something. Now, do I think that everybody has mental health issues? I do not. I think that everybody, we have emotions as humans. Right. And we need to be in touch with our emotions. But I don't think just because you're sad, because you broke up with your boyfriend, that you're going through depression, mm-hmm. right? You're going through basic human emotions. But I do Stages think... Stages of grief. Right. But I do think that we look at people that are in these mental institutes as basket cases. Right. Right. And I feel like we look at them as non-human mm-hmm. almost. But I feel like we can all, if we realize what their stories are, we can all relate Like, if you look at Charlotte, Mm. she's just like us, right? right? She went through something so terrible. She was beat and kept in a closet for nine Nine or ten days. Yeah. Yeah. So if we knew that about people, maybe we would be a little bit nicer. Right. Right. And maybe we wouldn't be so quick to judge. Like, she's crazy, you know? Right. Like, if you see somebody that is talking to themselves on the side of the road, they might not be a crackhead. Right. You know? Right. Like, or there might even be a reason why they started to begin to use crack. Right. So I think that we just need to be more understanding and more accepting. And this is just going back to my empathetic. I love it. And my I mean, empathetic personality. But I do think that this can be related to our lives by we're all going through something. We all suffer from something. And somebody might look at us and be like, what the heck are they on? Right. You know? But I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm just going to go into to that and say that somebody and this is just a mild case and this is just showing you that something can be relatable you know Mm -hmm. if I have a friend who is scared to go around a large crowd because it freaks them out but me being the extrovert I am I'm like let me get up in the middle of this crowd and I'm like why would she be so nervous to do that and I'm quick to judge like why just do it right you know but to them it's like debilitating they Mm -hmm. cannot do it and so i think that that is more of a i don't know i i think it's a more relatable way to look at the broad picture i'm trying to say right we assume that everybody is quote-unquote normal and Mm -hmm. um something may be wrong with them so i guess charlotte is a way of showing that we all have a closet full of things right um Yes, the Charlotte's Charlotte's closet. That's what we need to be thinking about whenever we approach people and we see people. Do they have something in their closet which may act which may cause them to act a certain way? I would probably say hundred percent of the time is yes. Yeah. Uh, so I feel you on that one. For me, <laughs> I took something very different away from this. <laughs> very different. What, what was yours? Everybody, I know mine was very deep. So. No, it, very deep. And I enjoy that. I like that because I think it's very real and very visceral. Mm-hmm. Uh, visceral. And I think that 
Uh, we talk about that all the time. And and sometimes even the media likes to spin it a certain way. Right. Right. They like to say, like, when somebody dies, it's like, oh, this person was a mother, a father, you know, a grandson, yada, yada, yada. Somebody else dies. Oh, this person, you know, was a career criminal and yada, yada, yada. We never know. They, they might also be a father, a, a mother, right. whatever. Absolutely. So, the point is that everybody's got something in their closet that had tra- has trapped them for more than nine days. Uh, but we don't, we need to look at that and we need, and stop being so judgmental. Yeah. So I do agree. I think that's a great takeaway. Yeah. I can see that. For me, what I took away is that everybody has motives. Absolutely. And I hate politicians. <laughs> I don't necessarily hate politicians. Let me just, that was a very broad and general statement, but. This politician, the governor, is what, when I think about politicians, on especially on the big level, he he is exactly about what I think you about. You hate self-serving Yes, you're serving yeah. yourself, bro. It might just be, you suck. Yeah. You need to get up out of office, bro. Right. You're terrible. It doesn't look good for me and my campaign. Well, your campaign sucks, bro. Mm-hmm. If your campaign was great and the people loved you, then maybe you get reelected. You know, yes... <laughs> This is a, 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 a interesting topic because the election is coming up. But my point is, you're a politician. You work for the people. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're, we are supposed to trust that you're doing the things that you set forth to do. You have made us promises. Come through on those promises. Right. Stop. It is a, Because we put you there. Thank you. Yeah. It's a job of service to others and not yourself. Mm-hmm. And I see so many politicians that that is not the case. On every side of every aisle. So it don't matter if you're libertarian, Democrat, Republican, or anything else. I see a bunch of people who are serving themselves. And the people who I see who are not serving themselves, they get silenced the fastest. Which okay? is typically your lower level government. Yes. Yeah. They get silenced the fastest. Yeah. They're like, nah, we got to stay with the status quo. We got to toe the party line. God, I hate that phrase. But that's the governor. That's who I see. Mm-hmm. Just because you're the governor and we give you power and now you're abusing it. Like, for instance, I don't care if you're the governor or not. He's not talking to me in my hospital. I know I'm asking you for funding, but you're not going to talk to me the way you did Dr. Hanover. I'm going to fire you up, bro. You or might Nurse get Ratched. Right. Or Nurse Ratched. But you're not going to talk to me like that. I put you in office, bro. I'm paying your salary. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. Now, mm-hmm. you can disagree with me. You can tell me where the city's going and why you can't do this. But you're not going to do it disrespectful. I ain't been disrespectful to you. Um, but anyway, okay. yeah, I, that's what I take away from that part, really, because all of this is really centered on, if you think about it, think about this. All the stuff that Hanover's doing, he's trying to get funding. Right. So he's, a lot of this is sitting on the back of the governor. If the governor just gave him the funding, maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't be having the situation that we're having right mm-hmm. now. But he's trying to create a case that's so, you know, compelling to say, oh, you, I have to give you the money because you are curing people in here. Right. Which is why I think maybe Dr. Hanover's throwing spaghetti at the and wall. And that's also why just in general, cities do things a certain way. States do things a certain way. They, right. That way they can remain funded. Right. And even something that we understand, the reason exactly. why universities do things right. a certain way you get to so the end they can of the get year, funded. Right. You get to the end of the year and they're like, spend this money, spend this money, spend this money. You're like, for what? And they're like, well, if we want the money next year, we got to spend it. I'm like, but we don't need, you know what I'm saying? Like, not necessarily right. we don't need the money, but there's now we start to spend it on frivolous stuff and maybe even stuff that is like unethical. Right. 
but because you want the money for next year. So everybody has motive. And that's what I'm getting to is that this, like literally there's not a character here that not is outside of the hospital. Okay. So if you're a patient, we have not learned a lot about your motive. Right. Unless you're Edmund. Everybody else has their own motive about what they're doing and none of it's synced up. Mm-hmm. Ratchet wants one thing. Gwen wants one thing. The governor wants one thing. Hanover wants one thing. Um, um, Bucket wants Hanover, right? <laughs> Everybody has their one motive and none of it is sinking. Right. And I think that's the takeaway for me is that like when you're a part of a team, when you're a part of an organization, when you're a part of a society, at some point you have to set aside your motives for, so that everybody can get to the same achieved goal. Right. Everybody's just playing themselves. They're playing each other and in essence they're playing themselves. So that's, that's my takeaway. I was like, everybody's doing something for themselves right now. Yeah, I like that. Goodness that gracious. Good. That was good. That was, wasn't supposed to be as deep as it was, <laughs> but I guess that's what it is. But anyway, listen, we are glad. We're very happy for everybody who listens. Yes, thank Every you so much week, for your support. We I checked the numbers and I'm like blown away from people who listen, of people who give us ratings. And I'm going to say it right here. Please drop us a review on, yes. uh, on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. We don't care if it's a one star or five star. Just let us know. Yeah. Uh, we take your reviews uh, at heart and we try to change stuff. We need to change stuff. Yeah. And, and if there's anything that you think that we need to improve upon or anything you would like to see, hit boom. us up in our DMs. Send us a Definitely. Send us a email. What's we our email love address? We love gmail.com. Okay. Um, we love to interact with you on IG. So continue to do that because we love doing that. We love seeing all the answers and posting them and everything else. And like we said earlier, I'm not about to leave this episode without saying it again. Go to Moore's Gourmet Popcorn. Buy you some gourmet popcorn with the promo code PRESSNEXT at checkout. Okay, get 15% off of the gourmet popcorn. Yeah, Show absolutely. her some love because I know we're going to do that. And then, all as always, we are self-funded. So, if you want to drop a fiver, send us some money. Say, hey, we want to help you out so you can get some new equipment, get some new sponsorships, this, that. And the third, drop us some coin, okay? Cash App and Venmo, both. Press Next Podcast, okay? Send us a, a couple of dollars, show us uh, your appreciation, and we're going to do everything that we can to continue to do um, what we can for you all. We yes. are nothing without y'all, so we appreciate y'all listening and staying here. Yes, and we are wrapping up Ratchet next week, mm. so we're super excited. Our first um, series is coming to an end. I know, crazy. I hope that y'all like this episode, and I hope that y'all continue to follow along. And as always... If Netflix says, are you still watching? Always press next. All right. Bye, y'all.